What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And you... Shit. All of that prep. He wasn't we're, ready. Came no, crashing no, down. Take two. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And are you ready to enter the Matrix for the final time? But not really the final time. Because just like the second movie, to be concluded, this is concluding just a chapter of the story nowadays. It's not concluding the whole story. But I am the end of the beginning of the end, Travis Snell. And I'm joined by... I'm the one, Kirkland Patzer. I'm the EMP, Taylor Field. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is coming out for the patrons. That's why you head over to Patreon, subscribe, join. Lots of good content, early, exclusive ad for you. Get this episode a whole week early. You enjoy it. Uh, but when this was released into the public, we live in a post-Spider-Man No Way Home world. I can't believe they decapitated Tom Holland five minutes in the movie. That was nuts, right? Like, just Defoe flew in on his cock goblin glider and just, like, decapitated him with his cock. <laughs> And that was it. And then the whole movie's just Defoe, like, taking over New York. I can't wait for Spider-Man 6. I agree. I can't wait for that yeah. as well. 
but uh, yeah, so that's why you go to Patreon and you'd be listening before. And uh, yeah, you can go back. We did Matrix One. We did which is the Matrix Matrix Reloaded. Uh, obviously, this week we will be doing Matrix Resurrections. I'm getting very excited. I do worry for the success that movie is now. Like, oh, you can do a buy one get one free deal. I'm like, oh no, like come on now. But we're very pumped, and uh, we got lots of stuff. Weekly Hawkeye review. Actually, fuck. No, I think when this comes out. We'll have one episode of Hawkeye left. We got weekly Dexter reviews. Go back as we're teasing. If you're listening to this in the public feed, our Spider-Man No Way Home review is out, and that should be a good one because that has all five founding members on it. So I'm sure it was one of the best best casts yet, right, Kirkland? That's right. Has to be. Uh, but when we put all this stuff out, Taylor Field, where could they find on the interwebs? Where could they find in the Matrix? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us with your internet connection in the search bar. Geekverse.ca is our home base. Geekverse cast our Twitter, and Geekverse is our Facebook. Be sure to check us out on our Facebook because the fan base community Christmas poll is popping off. Oh, man. I wonder what's going on there. You know, I wonder who's won, who's lost, mm-hmm. you know, what what uh, my mom's shit vote is doing next and everything like that. But, um, yeah, and then go down in the description below. You have everything, our audio feeds, our video feeds, um, uh, where you can review, where you can subscribe, where you can find us on Twitter. You can join the Discord to talk to everybody. Our separate feeds, so that's the review feed, the retrospective feed, the news feed, and the main feed. The reason we have that is because if you look at the main feed, we are sometimes pushing out two casts a day. We just did that last week with a newscast and a Matrix retrospective. So if you don't want to miss anything, you can you can scroll, and that's good. But sometimes you know some people, they can't even hit the skip button, so you never know what's going to happen. Or you can go to one of these four feeds and go, oh, look, just all the reviews are there. All the news is there. It's a nice tight little bowl right there so you can go check that out and uh yeah hawkeye finale is coming up uh check out the discord like i said check out our podcast network lots of good things and we appreciate you and your support and everything you've done for us in the past in december and uh this is gonna be an interesting one and i want to lead with kirkland pats or i want him to tell me what he thinks about at the time the finale to the matrix trilogy yeah, so if you had listened to our previous episodes, I hinted that I really had no memory of this movie at all. I was going into it uh, pretty blind from what I thought. But honestly, as soon as it got going, I remembered a lot of the scenes. I think I just like forgot about the placement blocked of the scenes. Uh, maybe blocked it out. But also, you know, I last time I watched this, I was probably like in the single digits, like nine or something. <laughs> so like really young. Um, so again, like a lot of the, the dialogue stuff, I probably just went over my head. The ending, I don't remember like at all for, for how it was handled. Um, so I, I was in fresh, like I, I was kind of fresh going into it, but also when the scenes happened, it was one of those things where it's like, Oh, okay. I remember this now. Like this, this is, this is coming back to me. And, uh, yeah, I I think I like this one more than the last movie. Um, I think the CGI fights was handled a little bit better than like just zooming in on like the CGI character's face. Like that was a complaint I think we all shared in the last movie. Lots of rain, lots of rain to hide. Lots the CGI. of <laughs> yeah, lots of rain and and like maybe it was just like a lot darker and again just like not focusing in on like the CGI face. Um, and I don't want to take away from like those fights because they were pretty epic. I think this one was just maybe like a world war <laughs> world at war like vibe from mm-hmm. this one because it's just such like a major conclusion to at least like the zion storyline i guess um it's not as satisfying as a ending as i remember like at all it's just okay th- that's that's how they're ending this story i i feel like 
especially just with what we know going into Matrix Four and Matrix Resurrections, um, I, I I think it's a lot more believable that that we're not done with the Matrix. Um, mm-hmm. This this next one that's going to be coming out, I think it's <laughs> I. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I feel like the first time that I saw the trailer, I'm like, how are they going to tackle this? Like, like, what are they really going to do on bringing us back to the Matrix with these same characters? But now, through these doing retro, through doing these retros and just you know seeing the the conclusion at least of the trilogy, I I'm I'm down for the for the the comeback, and I I think it's I think it fits well, and I'm just I'm just excited with Keanu Especially- and Carrie Ann Moss. Especially as the last line of this movie is like, you ever think we'll see the one again? I suppose so. And so it's like literally yeah. just like, oh. In you 2021, you will. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, just totally. And I did always, when I watched, I thought, oh, that's a cool idea. But it's never going to happen. Like, that's just like a fun little Easter egg. But it almost sets it up. So it is, uh, it is, we're very close to now it being a quadrilogy and whatnot, you know, so. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, excuse me. So I'm on the completely other side that I don't really like this movie at all. I, uh, I as I was watching, I was not remembering things that happened. And there's a few things like character <laughs> deaths, and I think this one has some moments, but it's not even the same way when I talk about like a Last Shed or a BBS, where even Matrix Reloaded, where I have like lots of good moments in here, but it's just like it doesn't all come together. This I just was not really enjoying. I think because the big thing for me is like there's so much Zion stuff, and we talked about the last yeah. episode that I did not care about Zion that much, so. I forgot like how much Neo and Trinity are not in this movie. Like they're so like they're not minuscule characters, but there's long, long breaks without them. And I think if you're in the Zion stuff, in if you're into the war stuff, that's great. But I think there's like it's tough when you do these big war scenarios because I feel like they're most of the time very disappointing, right? That's why for me, Endgame was such an achievement because it's like, okay, we're gonna have a bunch of heroes versus Thanos and his goons. Like, that sounds great, but how can you make that work? It's the same way. Like, I love the idea of Dark Knight Rises and the war happening, but at the end of the day, it's like a bunch of cops and criminals running at towards each other, and you're just like, why aren't you using your guns and shooting each other? It's like the concept of the war is cooler than it actually is, and that's why I think this is for me. And I didn't really like most of it. I watched it in three chunks because I was just getting I was getting bored. I was just not enjoying myself and I just uh yeah, I not much positive things I can say about it. And I don't think it's one of these things where it's bad to the extent of like, oh, one of the worst movies ever, just that I think it's very bland. I again I I was just like I couldn't believe I then I think halfway through I remembered oh right in the when I was younger it's like always questioning why is Neo so in this little and then halfway through I'm like oh right this is one of the reasons I don't like it because of Sion and that and I think the ending is not like it's not satisfactory I think it's like a little rushed it feels like we have this big fight and then boom we're at the end there's a sunset and it's over you know and I think it's funny that I think it sets up a potential really good fourth story so I'm happy that that's there maybe in the future this will kind of play better but yeah there's there's not much I liked here um I, I I the war is disappointing characters disappointing there's a lot of action um I think you're right the CGI does look better there's especially with the human fights and everything I will, of course, shout this out. Much like the Smith fight in the last movie, the Smith fight is just fantastic here. You know, it's like we talked about before. It's like what I pictured a Superman movie would be. I imagine lots of people picture like what this what Dragon Ball Z could be. You know, like it mm-hmm. has that type of epicness feel. But uh, other than those scenes with uh, Mr. Smith and Mr. Anderson, and I think like Trinity and Neil get some nice moments. But I just, yeah, I don't have. I'm, I'm interested to talk about it, but. I don't have much to say positively about this movie, and I think that's why that I don't remember this. I like reloaded. I was forgetting things, but overall, I kind of remembered how it went. 
this one I feel like I have just kind of like Neo and Resurrection seeming like blocked out revolutions because it's just like, ah, there's not much here for me and I don't need to go back. Like I've said before, I don't need to watch two and three, but when I do, it's just like legitimately sometimes watching this movie feel like a whole new experience because I had completely forgotten things that are happening. Like even when Neo and Mr. Smith are in the fight when they're just like in a hole in the ground, I forgot that was a whole set piece. Like I forgot they're surrounded <laughs> by Rebel. Like this is, this is crazy. So from that aspect, it was good. But yeah, I, uh, uh, did not have a good time with uh, Matrix Revolutions, not at all. So Taylor Field, where are you on this one? Because you were a massive fan. You gave Reloaded a ten out of ten. So I love Reloaded, still do. <laughs> this this movie just it it amped up the ante for me. It had even more. I like. I felt like as I I was watching it as I was cooking, so I had it like set up on like my tablet. And I had my earphones in. I had it in front as I'm like cutting veggies and stuff. And I was like, oh man, I just had to whip out like a Mountain Dew and chug it as I'm watching. It's just so good. It just it was awesome. I Where'd love the, the action. Where did Dew come from? Xbox. Uh, after after like the the war stuff started kicking in full gear, I just had to get some Mountain Dew and Dew in me. Uh, but yeah, it was just it was it was awesome. I love the action sequences. I think they really improved how the CGI kind of played a part in this. There was some stuff that was still skeptical, but at least they definitely kind of repaired some of the damage set in from the previous one. Uh, And you're right. Like the whole raining thing, uh, that was a factor at the end where I think it was a great cover for some of the CGI stuff they were trying to perform with. Um, I really liked the story. I liked how we got that whole live action war with the mechs against the machines. Oh, just how like you love it. over the top it was with just the machines and how many there were and how insane it was. There's that scene where I can't remember the younger dude who was like, I'm old enough to fight. And then he had like the captain guy and he's like, he didn't pass his test. But at one moment there's just stuff flying by and he's just shooting. He's like, Oh, I'm like, man, Taylor is just losing <laughs> yeah. himself right that now. That was like, me. I was oh! ass naked in front of the TV. Starfish. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, this is Taylor all over. That's why <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I always say that. So I'm always surprised you were never a bigger Titanfall fan. You know, just because I feel like that is like a Taylor drown. I own the game. This, that's what this. Yeah, but you didn't ever play it and you don't say nope. a single word about it. Yeah. And that's what this half of the movie, like the middle portion feels like Titanfall the movie, you know? Yeah, it really does. I I want to say that two things. The ending, I love the ending because I feel like, okay, like knowing now that we're getting the fourth Matrix, I feel like the ending is awesome how it sets it up and everything like that because like Neo's body is dried off by the machines. We don't know what they're planning with it, but they could be doing something. And the other thing I want to talk about is... The boy that was always like you were just mentioning him, Travis, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I can do this. I'm old enough. So th- old there's enough. two things, two things. So old enough to what? He <laughs> to party. party to party. Yeah, there you go. They got it. Yeah, uh, that's him. That's him in this movie. <laughs> so when he is, this is the first problem I have with this character. When he's reloading Uh-oh. the the machine for the captain dude, and the captain dude's like lying on the ground, like his face is cut to shit. And he's like, you're my only hope, kid. You gotta do this. And he's like, I didn't complete the training. You're telling that to this man on his deathbed? You think he gives a shit and he wants to hear that right now? That's, that's one of the problems. The other thing is, I couldn't get this out of my head. The scene where the captain's loading into his mech, and you see like the boy pushing the cart, and he like looks up, and then looks back down 125 billion percent this is the equivalent to fucking uh i got his name halith son of hama from the two towers i just feel like it's the same kid 
That was a poll. I was that not was a poll. To go there, I, but. I always liked the Lord of the Rings polls, but that was even that was a deep poll for me. <laughs> so those are your those are your two cons. Are just both with this character. Huh? No, I mean it. they're they're cons, but at the end of the day, the kid was a hero. I love that he ran into the cave. Is like the war is over. The war is over. He doesn't know that. It could have been a trick. I, I thought he was gonna be like, let's fuck. Did he just pull out like the orgy again? <laughs> yeah. Morpheus is like, yes, let's fuck. <laughs> He's fucking Nabo. Nab- uh, Nab- what's her name? No. Niobe. Niobe in front of the captain. Oh, she's with me now, you know. <laughs> this movie made me think even more on how stupid they made like the love triangle between <laughs> yeah. I think his name is Jason, Morpheus, and Niobe. Because in this Jason. movie Jason. I didn't get Niobe <laughs> and Morpheus and Jason. Like yeah. wh- why they give him such a white bread fucking white guy <laughs> name? Like <laughs> very vanilla. Um yeah. but like in this movie. You can't tell at all, really, on screen that Niobe and Jason like had a relationship at all. No. Like Niobe's like all about the Morpheus. They even like embrace. I think like after the war, and it's just yep. like never talked about that they had this weird nope. love triangle. I not you talk know, about if she's with Jason, if she's with Morpheus, <laughs> like nothing. So it's just like again, they could have just edited stuff. They, they just could have been like, hey, this is Niobe. This is Morpheus's lover, and go that way. Because yeah. there was no tension other than the one scene of them going back and forth. But like we said in the Reloaded, it's like they were fighting already because the ships and their ideologies. Didn't so yeah, it's just like they dropped that, which is weird because you would think, oh, sometimes like. Go to Avengers Age of Ultron, right? They have this idea of, okay, Bruce and Nat. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling her Natalie lately. I, like, because in mm-hmm. Iron Man 2, she's called Natalie. But Bruce and Natasha, right? Hope people are going to love Like, it, you know what? We did it to ourselves. It's so funny. Think about this. We talk about on comic versions and Hawkeye how we want, like, heroes dating. We got it in Age of Ultron. And all of us like, not them, though. Fuck this. And, <laughs> but that's where, if you look at that, and then the next movie, they kind of dropped it real quick, right? That's two, three years later. These movies were filmed back to back so there was no time for them to pivot yeah. and be like, you know what the fans or the critics they're not really liking this love triangle think, let's just drop it and that's fine because i get it i think the bruce and Natasha thing does kind of get dropped just so quickly but it's like it's maybe for the betterment of the fans right dexter and uh you know his sister falling in love stuff like that where it's like, okay let's drop this and not talk about it this movie was filmed in the middle of the other one so it's weird you can't use an excuse of maybe they watched two and went ah this isn't playing right let's pivot it the other way and just kind of forget about it no they were making a movie and they just forgot about it entirely like it's just like and i think we will get some info in four because she's in this and i got a theory please please someone remind me near the end of this cast to bring up her being old in resurrections because i have a whole theory of how i think that works and everything but yeah that was uh it was pointless completely pointless no absolutely um and yeah you just like reminded me that like these were like shot so close together or they're shot at the same time same time they did lord of the Rings style yeah yeah, and I think that's kind of took me by surprise. And just like the beginning of this movie, like it's literally the exact same scene that on how the last one ended. Um, I I like when that happens because again, like if I want to just sit down and binge these two together, it works that way. Um, <laughs> I had an interesting time with this like viewing because I just watched it like today after work. You know, breaking the fourth wall here, but like fuck, I was up to like two a.m. We did our Hawkeye review. I was so exhausted, and I was just like comfy on my couch. I fell asleep like four times watching this, and that's not because like I was like maybe I was a little bored at, at parts, but like I would fall asleep and then I'd wake up like ten minutes later, so I'd rewind, and then I'd get to like ten minutes forward <laughs> and fall asleep again for like ten minutes. It was rough, and then eventually I literally fell asleep for like an hour. I woke up at the very last scene of this movie, and I'm like, oh fuck, I missed something, and then. Went back to where I remembered, 
literally 58 minutes later i'm like holy fuck i'm never gonna get through this movie so i think it took me like four hours to get through this two-hour movie uh so that was just my viewing experience there but um something that i remembered like like when we get to the train um oh fuck the the train moment uh (laughs) of neo being like stuck on this pad in my memory, I honestly thought that was like majority of the movie. I thought Neo was like stuck on this train thing for the whole movie. And thinking back to like when I was younger, I remember like making that a major con because I just wanted Neo, mm-hmm. like the chosen one, the main character, to just like really be popping off, especially because we had seen what he could do uh, at the end of the first movie. And then in the last movie, he was just like God mode. So I, I remember being really disappointed in that. So when he's only there for like, like what? What would you say, like twenty minutes? Of the movie. Maybe twenty minutes, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it's really not that long. Um, I I really like the little family that he interacts there. Uh, the little girl's like really cute, and they just had some some fun back and forth there. Um, She's coming back for Resurrections. That character is she oh, really? Is she going to be older? Priyanka, yeah, but no, it's not the same actress. But she's played by Priyanka Champa. Or Chapa, not Champa, but like she's married to Nick. Ch- you'd see her, you've seen her in things and movies, but yeah, that character yeah. is going to be a major resurrection, so that's kind of fun. That's interesting. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm with you. I remembered same thing as younger that being Kong. I thought it was like half the movie is in there. Now here's my thing: of he's not in there half the movie. It just feels like he's in there half the movie. <laughs> I don't like any of that train stuff. I don't like what's his name, the train man, or whoever the homeless looking guy is. Literally, like, the it, train man is his yeah, name. Okay, that's what I thought. Like that's how boring <laughs> they were getting at the end of these trilogies. Well, like, ah, oh, he's the train man, the key maker. But like, I did not like that. All the only thing I did like is the conversation the dad and Neo had about love and the concept of love. And you know, oh, like love is just a word, but if it's an idea and you believe it, doesn't matter if you are real or I'm in the matrix. If I love, it's love, right? So I like that. That everything else I could I like the actual like I guess I like the idea of him being stuck between worlds. I just was very bored. And yeah, the train man is just he's too over the top. He feels like he is in like a stepbrothers type of movie. I just didn't I didn't like his look. I didn't like especially when he's just like, I've fought many like chosen ones before. It's like this guy's fought many chosen ones, and I get it, because he's supposed to be inconspicuous, supposed to look homeless, he could just fit right in, right? But then I thought once we got into it, it's just he always feels a little cheesy to me. Yeah, my pushback there w- would be... Um, I wasn't looking just, for a pushback. We can just move well, on. Well, you're getting it. You're getting <laughs> it. Um, my pushback there would be, like, he's literally, like, an NPC. So he, like, mm-hmm. his role, like, he's he's made to be the train man. So I I like, I, like, I think his look could have been a little bit better. I think he could have pulled off, like, a train conductor look. They went for a really grimy guy that needs braces severely big bad. Teeth, <laughs> big honking. Big, and, like, big honk. Uh, it's not that because it's, like, oh, big teeth. It's because they make them all, like, gross looking and yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I like I like that he had all of his watches so he's just like always catching like different chains or whatever it might be <laughs> again it's over the top but like that's kind of what the Matrix is same thing yeah. you could say about the key maker like I like that his whole purpose is literally just being a guy that makes keys. So, like, when, when they find him in that room he's just like surrounded by keys and like that's just his his that's his whole purpose in life. Like you see like the details on him, like his hand, like his fingertips are just like black. Cause he's constantly just like working on keys. So I think in retrospect, like I, I like the usage of those NPC type characters, uh, in the matrix, like as mm-hmm. a trilogy so far, I hope we get some more of that shown in the fourth one, but I really don't know what to expect going into the fourth the one. Just cause breaker. it's so different. <laughs> the lock breaker. Yeah. I want, someone what would he to look be- like? 
I was gonna, he just like have a bunch of like uh, bolt cutters. And, yeah, bolts because they're like little <laughs> pins and needles. They like, do that. It's like, look out at my collection. <laughs> I want the GV fans to like pick what we are. You know, like I want them to give us our names. Everything like, am I the Ricky drinker? You know, like stuff like that. Right? Oh, all he does is just consume lime Rickies and stuff like that. But he knows things. Like I don't know. Like people out there workshop it. Let it. That's let what makes know. us human. We're not like just a single purpose. I would hope. I hope we have some more layers and details. That's what I say to myself. And then I look. Oh, look, my entire night's filled with podcasts. I'm the podcaster. That's, That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you you literally are green right now. Is that because of the lights or because of all the lime rickies you've been drinking? Uh, th- that, this is <laughs> your my skin. skin your the, skin's I, just I, green. I don't even have any of the lights on. It's because my skin is so. <laughs> it's because my skin is so bright. It's putting that out in the universe. The lights um, behind you are just white, and it's just yeah, reflecting yeah. off your skin. Oh. Yeah, it's fucked up. I want. Yeah, I'm looking. I want to be Hulk, but I'm just little Hulk. But, um, yeah, what about you, Tia? How do you feel about the Neo being stuck between worlds, the trained man, and the, the family he meets, all that good jazz at the beginning there? Because he was stuck in between worlds because he had that uh, big kerfuffle and reload, right, where he used some powers in the real world, and he kind of went like, so. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I liked seeing this, I guess this ability of him just kind of becoming capable of using these powers outside of the matrix, like not even plugged in and just mm-hmm. he's in there somehow, this purgatory like realm. But I really liked when he was there and he ran and then he came out the other side. I, I really liked that. And yeah, just it was it was cool. It was a cool concept how he was so able to just further enhance, you know, <laughs> It really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I think it's it's awesome to see his powers enhancing and he's able to just to kind of develop further. I do think, though, the whole narrative of them going to see the Frenchman and them getting like the train master in there, it didn't make sense because the, the there was no... I guess con for it because he's like, I want the eyes of the Oracle. I want to make a deal, yada, 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 which is, you know, fine and dandy. But then after this whole plot, like just they're trying to set up something. doesn't matter because Trinity just executes her, like going like ham plan and threatens the guy. And then that's it. Then they don't even follow up with it. Like, that's the last we see of the Frenchman and the train guy. So Welcome to Matrix 3, baby. You know, we got a storyline out. We don't need to follow up with that. See that? Look at Neo. He's flying again. You like that. But uh, my, And then just quickly, since you bring up the Frenchman here, like, is this guy, like, he's a human, right? He's just in the Matrix like everyone else. He's a programmer. Yeah, he's just caught. Yeah. Like, awesome. So is he just, like, in a closet somewhere where no one can really find him? And he's just, like... <laughs> Like, he's got to be hooked up to the Matrix somehow. Is he just permanently hooked up? He's got, like, a catheter hooked up, so he never has to pee. He's just got a feeding tube. Like, what does this guy look like on the outside world? Is he, does he look the like his... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is he <laughs> yeah. looking like a neckbeard-looking guy? Because or... he's got to be somewhere. Like, I thought all the humans were in Zion, if not, like, a ship or something. Is he just someone that's in Zion that's completely fucking over Zion? Because all of Zion's hopes and dreams are put on the one, Neo, right? Definitely not. Like, I just wonder if there is, like, I guess still technically, if you look at Neo, he was shown the outside in back in Matrix 1, the good one, uh, back in Matrix 1 when they pull him out and everything, like, oh, this is what the world really is like. But still, while he's there, people are telling him things and he's getting the idea that the Matrix isn't real right now. Eventually, he needs to get brought out of the pod to see it. But there's a chance that maybe that guy is still in his pod, but he's learned enough from, like, there's too many people that say this world isn't real for me to not figure it out. Yeah. And even, like, look at... Neo, he was starting to figure out that something was up, right? He was chasing code. He didn't know what that code exactly was. He didn't think it was going to be a, a good fucking... That's a good point. Like a code or computer program for life. He just thought, oh, there's this you know hacker terrorist out there. So I could see it maybe being that, where yeah, he's still in his pod, but he's just kind of figured out his way in there. Like Even look at, to an extent, it's different, because in this movie, Bane comes into play, but look at Smith and uh, Reloaded. He's walking on the Matrix all over with his free you know will and everything like that, and he's a program. It's a different case but still he's a program and he became cognizant of this is the matrix this is life how can i use it against itself you know 
So I think this guy could be doing the same thing. How his wife's included, that, I don't know, nor do I care because I'm happy we didn't see them again. Because when we bump into them, they're like happy and like back together and stuff. I'm like, okay, sure, cool. Yeah, and she was just this lady and like her obsession with love. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, when uh, Trinity was, like, about to do her, like, basically kamikaze plan here. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna shoot you. We'll all die right here. And then the lady's like, she's really going to do it. You can see it in her eyes. She loves. She she <laughs> she feels the love. And just the lines that she was dropping. I'm like, I'm so fucking done with this lady. And her just she's weird missing, dialogue. Because she doesn't have love, so she's craving it, right? She's just looking around like, I wish I had that so she can <laughs> see anybody. And then, like, when Trinity, like, pulls out the guns, I swear she had, like, a near-orgasmic moment. She's like, oh. It, just, like, reading her body language, it was just so strange to, like, see that character in that scene. Very ca- strange character. <laughs> like, we, yes. we had complaints with her usage in the last scene. Um, I, I, I think I'd like... Resurrections. Let's leave those two in the past, you know? <laughs> I agree. Um, I think the Frenchman is, is a... F- like, he's a fun enough character to see. Just this, like, really, like, weird, like like Frenchmen wearing like fancy suits and like just drinking like vodka martinis. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a funny, he's not really like the, like I would never call him like the main antagonist of the film, but he's just like a obstacle in the path. Um, I, I like what you were saying though, like the possibility that he is just someone that's still in the pod and he's just like ascended to this, I don't know, this programmer type thing where he can just kind of abuse the matrix to his own will. Um, when, um, uh, like, is there, like, the reason why the agents or these cops for whatever the hell they are, like, aren't really, like, dealing with them or just kind of ignoring them? Is it just because, like, it's not Morpheus? <laughs> it's not, like, Morpheus trying to figure out who the one is? Like, is that the main reason? Yeah. Like, do we know the purpose of the agents? Is it just to hunt down Morpheus and the the one? I think just to keep the world in check. Like, before people start breaking off and everything like that and figuring out, like, oh, this is not real, yada, 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 because you don't know the origins of that. I think they are just to, if there's anything wrong, if there is anybody, eliminate that problem, you know, so the problem doesn't grow. Clearly, They delete old programs too, right? Like, when mm-hmm. the program has no purpose, it's like, okay, you got to be deleted. Okay, I, right. know, I thought you were going more for that. But yeah, I, I think that just that they, I think they're there to me is just to keep things in balance, to make sure they do a terrible job because at the end of the Matrix 1, everything is fucking going crazy. You know, before they just had Morpheus and his gang of friends to worry about now, there's like so many people free. You got the one running around, you got Agent Smith. Not a good program. No, not at all. And like you're saying, like the agents are there to keep people in check. I feel like the Frenchman is like the complete opposite of that. Like he's literally just like maybe just because he's like contained and he, he just likes his clubs and he just kind of does whatever he wants in his own clubs. But he's just like making these weird programs that makes ladies orgasm when she, when they enjoy their their cakes. Uh, he's got these like version one <laughs> like NPCs as just mm-hmm. like lackeys and. I mean, just the usage of something like the train man. Like, he literally created this, like, in-between uh, realm between the Matrix and the non-Matrix. Um, I feel like that's kind of, like, going <laughs> in, like going outside the realm of what the agents can control. Mm-hmm. But, again, maybe because it's not really it's not really affecting too much. Like, okay, he's doing weird shit, but he's just kind of doing it on in his own playground. Maybe that's the reason there. I don't know. Maybe Resur- Resurrections will be the main villain and we'll all know about and everything. The like whole that. movie's just like at the train station. That's Could you a big imagine, twist. Travis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet you'd be happy with that. 
what did you guys think about? I'm jumping to the very end here, but what do you think about? So we'll talk about Bane, other things too. But you know, you got a blinded Neo, and he's going to the machines. What did you think about that layout of he goes back to you know where he was taken up, but he goes back there, yet like almost like a physical representation of what the machines are because they get like the face forms and all that things, and he kind of has this, and I like this this kind of deal of like. You know, you need the Matrix to live or prosper. You need this program to do what you do, right? But Agent Smith is destroying that. If you give me, you know, if you give Zion peace, I will take out Agent Smith for you because you can't. And I like that because it's kind of the we've talked about before when a hero and villain have to work together it's very kind of like pirates of caribbean's vibes in this ending moment of like oh scratch my back i'll scratch yours and to me that's what sets up like four at least because it's like why are we going to believe these machines when neo is dead would fully you know go with what he's saying and just like yeah okay we'll keep the peace while you've passed away and you can't stop us at all and everything like that because again they take his body off to somewhere but they i think it's a fun dynamic of he's in the enemy camp and he's literally getting plugged in the matrix by them so it's a nice full circle from the very beginning it's them having to depend and rely on one another because the matrix the architect they all they're the worst bluffer because they're always like well we'll be fine without you but then like two minutes later they cave and like okay sure we'll send you in like even the architect all the time he's just like well you go through that door, it's all over. And then what happens? He goes through that door, he saves Trinity. They still go on, you know, stuff like that. So they're not good bluffers. But uh, what do you guys think about the representation of kind of the once we get to the machines and the, you know, the creators of Matrix kind of stuff that if we've seen them be sent to us, but this was Neo Lily going back into enemy territory and just that idea of, you know, they're buddying up for the finale to take off Agent Smith, which shows how much of a threat Smith is becoming. Deerfield. I'll let you go next. I mean, I again, I I liked it. I liked the whole dynamic of of that. I thought again, the whole content of Agent Smith becoming more of the villain and this, and just the machines kind of adapting to that and kind of being panicked. Like, I going in like I I'm like you, Kirkland. I don't remember really any of this, and so when Neo had this whole general plan of what he was going to try and execute, he had to get to like machine city i took that as okay his plan is like he's got to get there and he's got to get to like a source or something there and he's just gonna like light it up or he's gonna like do his force powers to like the main machine and it's gonna trigger i thought i didn't know there was gonna be a piece i thought he was actually gonna defeat the machines in this so when he talks to the like leader of the machines and he pulls out that plan like hey i'm the only one who can stop Agent Smith, you know, you guys, obviously, it's a problem for you guys, too, because he's going to delete all your programs in the Matrix and just wreak havoc. I like how that kind of was the twist and how it unfolded, because I I, I did not expect to see this machine-like human face overlord entity. I thought that was super cool, so. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. Um, I, think, I think this ending like hits better knowing that a fourth movie's coming um just for the fact that like the <laughs> yeah. p- it was it was like a ceasefire almost because like if i didn't know the fourth movie was coming and i'm watching this like today i would have been like why like why if i'm in the why if i'm in the the machine's shoes what incentive do i have to just stop this war like i literally have zion like mm-hmm. dead to rights there's such a fucking pain like pain in my ass they're thorn in my side the i have dead. all my sentinels there the one is dead and even if he's not, I have his corpse. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think there's anything in their 
code or in their programming saying like oh you have to stick to your word i don't even remember him like him the machine guy <laughs> i don't even know the what architect. you would call them is it the architect that he's speaking to in that moment oh well no no i thought you were referring to because at the end she does say when you're talking about like oh why would they do that the oracle does say like oh how do i know you're not lying and he goes well i'm not human and so that i guess is the way of trying to show that the machines and their programs and the people that create the matrix i guess do live by some sort of code like they do you know until matrix 4 because we'll see how they got back obviously the matrix gets back up to running but it is to me that line is interesting that the architect says like yeah we don't lie because we're not human so we are actually keeping our words so there is some sort of they have like i guess if i almost wonder if it's programming of like uh if you like them agreeing to something is almost like a file put into them like okay you've agreed to these terms you can't break them right now you know i feel like that must be might be the only way because they're not human so when they agree to something it's almost like literally changing their programming for a little bit you know Cause yeah, because why, yeah, why else wouldn't they destroy Zion? It doesn't make any sense. Like it never. That's <laughs> no. what I've always never liked about the ending. It's just so that's why I think between that and the architect's line is just whatever Neo had them agree to. It must have triggered something in their system to not be able to break this promise. Like I said, they'll yeah. find a workaround. But yeah, like I mean, I I was not expecting like the whole ceasefire to happen because of just Smith just being a wild card <laughs> and like the machines just can't deal anything about him. Like I like I like the fact that Smith is just like breaking he's breaking off the path and like the machines just can't control him. He's kind of just going rogue. Um I like I I do like that like writing uh for the character of Smith because as we've talked about in the previous two films retros like it just makes Smith so such a different threat than what just a regular agent is and the agents are so scary and threatening already but then you have you have someone like Smith that's literally just like taking apart all these NPCs and just replacing them with himself like just the ultimate fucking alpha move. <laughs> well, and it's great. It's kind of like that. Uh, that's the very much ending of this, but the whole the enemy of the enemy is my friend. And it's yeah. that same thing of like almost the like almost you guys would appreciate this. Maybe like a Pokemon battle where like certain types can't fight each other, where it's like the machines are so dangerous to the people in Zion because they have a physical body that you could eventually find their home and kill them all. Right. Or if you kill them in the Matrix, their life's over. Where Agent Smith doesn't matter if he dies he's like a virus it's funny that he was talking about being you know humans being a virus in uh, the very first film and this one's like a, a virus because we saw at the end of the first film he dies but he can just sprinkle somewhere else so it's like you know zion could be taken out by the machines very easily but the machines could be taken out very easily by agent smith they can't take him out but then the humans can take out agent smith so it's like this fun circle of like power dynamics where they kind of what they've hinted at many times in the whole film is like they all kind of need each other at the same point, the same way as always. Like, oh, we created the one. We need you to bring back humans so we can continue living, right? So it, it is a very fun. I, I like that aspect of it, of having to take out Smith. I do always wonder because I guess they show when he dies, he returns to the Oracle. When I at first, when that didn't happen, I was like, what does happen to all these people? Like, they may want to save the Matrix, but I feel like isn't Smith like killing all these people? And I think we've debated about this, but if you know when he passed away and the oracles there 
it's tough because also when all the other versions die, they just kind of blow up, right? So I don't know mm-hmm. if that was the core one, if that's why he went back to the Oracle. Because if so, again, did he take over a bunch of people and they just die in pods? Or are they just kind of... I wonder because they... Well, there was see... a little girl, right? So, I mean, there's that another person that turned back. Yeah, <laughs> that's people. true. Yeah, it's two people. And I just wonder, like, where the rest of the people... I guess in my head can, it's almost like they're not dead. They're just disconnected from the Matrix at that moment. And then Matrix can, like put them back in but it is kind of yeah exactly that's what the fourth one should have been called but you know here we are but uh yeah i I like all those dynamics it leads to a great i I think out of all my proms like they make sure the final fight of this film fucking goes it was epic it it, it is epic it is just like it's that that's why i don't think i'm gonna pass this movie but if i was like that fight is especially i wish i would see this on the big screen it's funny because they're re-releasing matrix one not two and three because i'd love to buy a ticket just go in for the last 20 minutes watch that and then walk out because that fight <laughs> is of epic proportions and that fight to me is almost worth the you know worth your price of a mission because it is it it's it goes hard and it's relentless and it's great and you're seeing these two godlike beings at the top of their game and it's it's just a chef's kiss it's really good stuff yeah, I think that was definitely like probably the brightest moment of the entire film. I, I think that was the high part. I have a couple other ones that I will shout out, but I, I think that one was special because you have all of the Smiths there, but it's not like they're all just like gang-beating Neo like we had in the second film, mm-hmm. which is great because they're not just like, well, we're going to redo it, but now we got more Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I'm glad they had that, but also just like when Matrix gets sent in, or when Matrix gets sent into Neo, I was going to say, when Neo gets sent into the Matrix by... That's Matrix 5. <laughs> that's Matrix. The Matrix is inside Neo's body. Whoa! We haven't seen fourth yet. That could be yeah, the case. that's true. Um, but like just seeing like what Smith has done to the Matrix, like it's so dark and gloomy and like you could like maybe I'm wrong here, but it seems like the entire population is literally just Smith at this yes. point, right? If not and, like, close to it, yeah. Because like when they, when he explodes and you see all the lights go off, like it, it goes a bird's eye view, Taylor's favorite perspective, and then it just like shows up all of the streets just like blowing up. I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot of Smiths. But it's just you know, it's dark, it's depressing, just a lot of rain, which is great because it, it hides a lot of like maybe mm-hmm. the possibly dated CGI that we have from early 2000s and yeah, i just done with the place. i just love all the smiths just like being the audience like yeah. like whenever they're zooming around it doesn't matter if they're going up like they're in like the skyscraper windows like just watching and like their heads are just tracking the movement it's just it makes it's almost like a mortal combat like arena like it's just 100%. so fun and I, I i really really love that and i haven't even talked about the action but yeah no it, it was epic like you said it's like a dragon ball z superman type fight and i I'm such a sucker for those like shock waves when they like come oh, yeah. and clash and it just like especially in this when like the rain like stops and comes down I'm like I'm not a physicist so maybe this isn't really like possible again it's the matrix so it's higher than life but still this is epic <laughs> the only thing I didn't like is near the end when they kind of did like the boxing slow-mo they at one point had like it was like a CGI hand of Neo and it came and it was like boom I left like an imprint on, on Mr. Smith's face and they were literally doing like heat punch and like I, it was too much like cheesy old boxing so other than that it's all perfect and yeah i like the swiss being there too because oh what were you gonna say kirkland well i was just gonna say to you in that same moment i think it's when they like come and punch each other at like the exact same time and they get sent off that's literally a scene from dragon ball z and so oh, yeah. from dragon ball z so <laughs> i and yeah dragon ball z would that fight would have happened before this so i wonder oh, how I much inspiration the they took off that. fans of that yeah type of stuff they strike they're big and like they've the, you probably i don't know if you've seen it but there's the animatrix you know which yeah is a, that's you know, right so i guarantee you 
that that, that was tons of inspiration for the these type of fights and everything like that. And it feels that feels a little ahead of its time in a certain sort of way because we still don't get many of those in today's film. Like we do, people might be like, "Oh, superheroes fight all the time," but this is just something a little bit different in my opinion it has such a scale to it but yeah i love even the story reason why the smiths are standing there watching because he's just like i have taken the oracle's power and i've seen how it goes down and i don't need them so they just might as well be here for the show and i think this is like he's great for the whole franchise but i think this is the most emotion he gets to show with smith especially near that end when they're in the pothole and he's just like talking about like you know oh i've foreseen this like you're right there and i was standing right here and then i say and then he says something and he doesn't even know what he says like that's not what i was supposed to say like it's so fun and then he for the first time ever like seems actually scared of something you're like even when he dies in matrix Mm -hmm. one it's like okay he's dying but this was like when neo gets up and it starts to show that the oracle's vision that he had is not the same of what's going on right now. There is fear because he thought he had it. And that's kind of fun because you play it off as, okay, the Oracle appears. Is this the Oracle inside his body messing with him as her? Or is this just more proof of, no, just because there is a prophecy, just because someone saw something like she talked about, you know, you knocked over that vase. This is because I said, hey, watch the vase. Is this that moment where, you know, he saw it, but he screwed up one thing or he did one thing or it's just all complete bullshit. You know, it's not there's just like a, I've had these thoughts of how it could go. And I think that's a good thing, much like with Reloaded, the stuff I liked when it was going into the prophecy of the one. I think they do it very minorly in this movie, unfortunately, because I think this movie is primarily and maybe that's it, too. It leans so much in the action and the action is more so the Zion stuff that I don't like. I'm not into so. I liked all the conversations with Smith and Anderson in uh, the, the final battle as well. And uh, something that is just very noticeable in this movie compared to the other two, like there was some of it shown in, in two, but this one's just way on another level is like the emotion of Agent Smith because mm-hmm. before he's just this robotic character that shows no emotion. He talks the same like constantly. And then in this one, like you see him get just angry, pissed off, scared, like you said. And a couple moments I found just like a little a little cheesy like it just seemed like a little too like overacting the in oracle some of the laugh the ah, oracle laugh absolutely ah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely that was one uh and it's funny enough that was one of the scenes that i like fallen asleep on so i had to rewatch that like twice and i'm like oh wow he's he's really laughing i thought i was dreaming yeah. here but no he's going off but the oracle it, it, laughed and then i laughed <laughs> and all all the smiths laughed and we had a good time and I, I think something that's really cool with the emotion side is it's just showing the evolution that Agent Smith's gone through, right? Like he's he's becoming, I don't want to say more human, just he less is robotic. 100%, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it, it's it's awesome. It's awesome seeing that transition. He literally, he literally gets to be pretty human. Like he was in Reloaded, but in this one, he's a lot more and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But before we transition into that, Ted, did you have anything to say on the final fight or with the Smiths or uh, Smith the Oracle, Smith and the Matrix? Because Bane is kind of its own entity to talk about <laughs> in a second here. Uh, I quite enjoyed how you know he confronted the Oracle, took over control of the oracle got some of those abilities but the whole last fight scene between him and neo was just fantastic i loved how it was just like two sides of a coin going at it and yeah hugo weaving just did a fantastic job bringing the character of agent smith to life and just acting it out and showing that raw emotion and that fear and everything and i really liked how when he made that transition into being in the real human world the actor that portrayed agent smith i think the two of them were like head in hand like oh, spot yeah. on i love how guy, well the actor did yeah that guy who plays ban i have to look up his 
name because I don't know if I've seen. Dude, him he did such a good job. Oh, oh my god! Like when they just so open up with that interrogation scene, like, oh, where were you? And he's like, I was looking at something, and then I mm-hmm. woke up, and I can't. Like, man, it's so it's so good to the point where you're like, fuck, why did Neo and Trinity not catch on to this at all? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, going even on? after <laughs> he's calling Neo like Mister Anderson, and he's like, who are you? What are you my, talking about? <laughs> my only like pushback on that is like, if I'm in Neo's shoes, like. It's literally such an impossible idea that a robot could literally just take over a human's body, Travis Snell. Are you no, because you're saying that this is a guy that was in the first Matrix movie where he thought he had a normal life and then he woke up with a fucking metal tube down his throat and was like, Look at all these machines. At that point if that happens to me, anything is possible, darling. Okay, I guess like, you're at right. that, you at that point anything <laughs> can happen where it's like it's like you literally right now, if you were to wake up quick and they say, yeah, whole life's a lie. The podcast, hey, your dog. Yeah, none of it's real. And then like, what would you at that point? You'd be like, fuck, you could tell me anything and I'm going to probably have to believe you because it's just weird. I agree that I think I think that it like it should not be his first thought. But I think it got to the point so far down the line where it did feel like a little cheesy to me. Like Taylor saying, like, who are you? It's just like he's dropping personal anecdotes about what happens. Like you can't fucking put two and two together because that's one thing. Other than Neil's idea to go do the mission, I think Neil's like I think this is some of like uh, Keanu Reeves maybe like worst acting in the movie. Like when Trinity passes away, I don't think he's bringing it. I, and maybe this is the thing. He's also acting with a fucking blindfold over him. But it's just like I feel like those like the, some of the cons that got thrown against Keanu Reeves as being a very wooden actor happens a lot in this one. Like it was an honor to meet you. It was an honor to meet you. And just like like, <laughs> like Lawrence Fishburne is killing it. He's just like giving off these vibes. Like he's like saying goodbye. And Neo's just like kind of there and stuff like that. So it's just he feels very, uh, I guess, just Keanu-ish, you know? So Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm going to just keep playing devil's advocate here because this is fun. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm not going to defend the, the Trinity thing because I completely agree with you. Um, but like just him being more robotic, I, I think it kind of fits the role of what the one is. Like even the Oracle kind of makes a comment on that. Like uh, when, when she offers him a, a piece of candy and then he just like straight up says no now. And I forget specifically what she says, but it's just something like you've just grown so much and like just like, like you're not you don't like you're not coming to me like a just an innocent child that like has no idea and is just questioning everything now like he's just so like more calculated with his thoughts and like asking serious questions and like mm-hmm. just becoming more of the one type type role so i think there like the robotic acting really fits the role but i'm with you i can't defend that the trinity thing i think i think he could have showed a lot more emotion there again it's tough when you have a blindfold on and you have these mads mickelson eyes <laughs> so i want to here's like a genuine question i had and this is not to be offensive to anybody out here like i i swear this i'll do it taylor and ruben do every episode of cryptic clues oh we're not trying to offend anyone i so because this is a situation that would not really happen to most people but i'm sure it does happen to someone out there he fights bane and we'll talk probably more about bane but he fights bane and he gets his eyes just fucking ravaged right and it's not even that he's blinded it's like his skin has literally been burned to the point where it's like over his eyes so i'm sure maybe someone's had a car accident something like that so i'm not asking this to be funny or joke at this i'm just wondering for his performance could you i understand you could get upset but would you cry with having your eyes like sealed anymore because he does a lot of crying in the middle of the movie and i was always like that's like how would that work would you still like like i i just feel like that's you could be emotional but just so anytime he'd go to cry Taylor, are you looking this up what the fuck i am 
like what are you gonna search for this but like i was like can't could you do this you know and, that, and that's where it took me out of it sometimes i'm just like and i also just feel i don't know i we'll see with four I don't think you need to be blind at all. I think it was very unnecessary for the whole movie because the whole point, I think what would have been really cool is let's say, and here's me reworking it because at the end, it's like this idea of, I think there's something fun when, you know, he's fighting Bane and he looks up, he's like, Oh, I do see you. And like, they show it's like Mr. Smith's like, you know, his silhouette, right? The glass, everything. That's really cool. I think you could just had Neo sees things regularly, but as the time's going on, it's he, everything he's seeing is those lights and lights. So it's like, he's, kind of blinded in a sense but not really i just don't think they actually needed because the whole final fight and thing is not about like oh how's he gonna get through this because he's blind no nah, he's just blind for like the last act of the movie and i feel like in the fourth he's not gonna be blind they'll find a way because he's resurrected so i think him getting blinded isn't really needed at all and i think it would have felt made the trinity scene better like i don't like it doesn't really play in the plot other than like, oh, he's seeing this stuff now. But just like in The Matrix, he's not blind there when he takes off his glasses and he starts seeing the coding. So it, to me, it was a weird choice. And I I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. So I don't know how Taylor feels, but I disagree with you, Travis. I, mm. I, I think I think mm. it works because from that point on, like he's seen like the energy from the machines and like he just has different type of vision. And I think if he doesn't lose his eyes there... Like, does that mean that that's just his eyes now going forward? Like, he's just seeing this light? I, I think that you need him to lose his vision, almost like a daredevil thing. Like, he has heightened senses. Um, you know, like, the explanation on daredevil's vision c compared to Neo's vision is completely different. But I, I think the blinding thing, it, it helps the story. So I wouldn't say it's completely unnecessary. Taylor, how do you feel with the vision? It helps I... the story. I actually do like the it fact that that happened. Story. Again, I was just super shocked that it happened because when he got it hit, I thought, okay, he's just got like shocked in one part of his face. He's going to be a little scuffed up. And then I was it like, was oh. It was a clean burn. Okay. His nose like, wasn't bad, touched right? at all. Yeah. I thought, okay, well, his one eye's got it. And then when he turns the full like view, it's like, whoa, both eyes are completely like fused to his skull. That is so bad and brutal. But I like it. I like it a lot because, yeah, it showcases him seeing more and being more of the matrix in the real world, especially with how his vision works. Uh, I just, I enjoyed that a lot and it made him more humbled as well. And more, uh, I don't want to say connected to the machines, but just more, I think more confident in what his plan was. <laughs> you guys have read into so much more than I have here. Confident. No, he's bumbling around the whole movie. He's not doing anything. No, again, when he spoke he to that final boss, lights. He was so confident when he was speaking to the final boss. It has nothing to do with him being blind, though. It didn't do anything like that. You know, and the same thing with <laughs> him seeing the lights. You could have wrote that easily. He could have just saw the lights. He could have just saw them as things were, he was getting stronger. He didn't need to be blinded. You know, not at all. They didn't need to get that fucking wacky, you know, blindfold on. Taylor, what did you find? Did you find anything information wise? So I think that's a very specific thing to try and find. <laughs> uh, it <laughs> is. Google. Uh, can blind <laughs> yeah. people cry? Well, I no, that. that's because blind no, people have... No, come on. I couldn't yeah. find anything specifically on, like... I typed, could you cry if your eyes are melted shut? <laughs> <laughs> and Google didn't give me anything. Wow. In the entire Google universe, there wasn't a single person that asked, it, answered it reminds, that question. It reminds me of computer graphics class in middle school. My dad got um, his... Uh, oh, what, is, what is the official term for when you get your, your thing 
chop so you don't have to have kids anymore. Vasectomy. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they just chopped his penis. So, no, anyway, so vasectomy. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what the process is. <laughs> yeah. They just cut it off. Yeah, they trick you to think, oh, we're just going to take some off inside. And like, <laughs> so just know that all your dads out there, they got no dick. But like, no. So anyways, we're talking about like, oh, is it painful? And everything? I remember like, what do I search? And I just like, because the term is snip, so I'm just like, does your has, penis getting chopped off hurt? Is always no. Search. I searched like no. I knew it was not that, but I just I searched <laughs> how does it feel to get snipped, and nothing came up. Like there was no like way and everything like that. But you know, I'll, did you I'll give let, up or did you do some? I gave up. Searches? Yeah, and yeah. I didn't. I didn't ask my dad. And you know what? I'll report back to you. Give it. Uh, give me about three more years, and I'll report back to you. There'll be a whole after nine episode on it. I'll check it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be there. You're going to be there You're with your blindfold. But um, uh, what uh, do we have anything more to say about Bane? I liked the uh, – that's one thing that I did not like much about this movie, but I liked obviously the performance. I liked that idea, the concept of, again, Agent Smith going in the real world. So pretty much everything other than the blinding, I, I liked with Bane. I thought it was well done and a fun kind of uh, twist in the middle of the movie. Yeah, the performance that that guy did is, is something special. I think it deserves praise. I've never seen that guy in anything other than this role, so – Maybe this is his big hit, but you know he he 100%. He, he understood the assignment, <laughs> and I I think it was fun though because even when uh like the crew is like kind of just asking him questions like just the way that he was talking he wasn't like Mr. Anderson and God that's <laughs> not a Hugh, that's not a good Hugo Weaving but you know he was doing better than what I was doing and he wasn't sounding like him with like his tone kind of like how he was sounding when he was talking to neo and trinity uh when he was on the logos the logos i think that's the ship's name um but just the way that he was talking it just sounded very robotic so uh so again like i didn't really remember if if he was agent smith in that moment just because i didn't have much memory from the scene or from the movie rather but I, i i think it was fun because he 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 brought on the Agent Smith when it was required, like later on when he was yeah. basically just revealing his cards, you know, going full Palpatine to Anakin there. But it, you could still, like, if you really focused in, I think you could still dissect that he is a robot. And even even the characters that were interacting with him, like, they could just tell that he just seemed a little off. And I I, I thought that was really, really great. Well, he's still acting, which is good. He was just on a show called Wentworth for... Oh, that's weird. Never mind. I was like, oh, he's on there for three years for six episodes, so not working that much. But um, I was trying to see like what else... Over three did. years? Six episodes but, in three years? That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty better than us, right? But I was just <laughs> trying to see like after... like He was in a movie called Stealth, which I'm sure, Taylor, you really like, right? Stealth? Or, that's uh, the one with Jamie Scott Fox? Eastwood's probably yes. in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. that no, Jet movie is so good. Scott Eastwood that. was still like a little tight at that point. Oh, man, when we retro this one, I'm excited he's in Superman Returns. But, yeah, I've not seen it. I've not looked at him like, oh, that's so-and-so. So this is <laughs> definitely his biggest role, like for 100%. Yeah. Anything to add on uh, Bane there, Taylor? No, just nothing more than the fact that he just portrayed a fantastic mr smith i loved how he kind of was just uh, like hacked and came off this way i like the whole like he sold me i was convinced as you go weaving i just i love the dynamic of like how being in this like fleshy body you guys are the human race is meant to like decay and die like just the stuff he was doing spitting blood out of his mouth it was just so cool 
Yeah, and it's so funny because like the first where you get to where the first movie he's talking about like he wants to get out of there and then you know he does get out of there he has a human body and it's almost like ah I prefer the old one and it's like but instead of being a part of the Matrix as an agent I'm just gonna make this place my own you know and go from that point I wonder what would have happened if like he would have beat Neo and just taken over because it would have just been like him and I feel like it's like what's going on and. I'm very curious, and that's where I guess that there's some things we can talk about in this concerning the fourth one, because this will be the last thing we talk about until that movie. But um, I'm very curious about the whole theory of Jonathan Gruff being some sort of Agent Smith type, because it's just like, I'm very curious how they would go about that, because I feel like they give him a pretty definitive send-off. But at, again, at the end of Matrix 1, he got torn apart. He came back. So same thing yeah. here. He blew up, could come back. I hope they do it well enough. And so I was like, oh, Agent Smith. But the fact that like Agent Smith would be back in a different form, but back in the Matrix, that's, that's what's very... I'm curious of how this goes. I'm curious too if like do they take the coding of Mr. Smith and go, Oh well, he was a really good agent. Like look how formal it was. He was just against us. If we could use that code to go, you know, work with us. I do think I don't know if the resurrections will get sequels. I do think there is a back to Pride Scare being a kind of thing where you could do a Neo and Mr. Smith team up for some sort of reason. And I do wonder if we could get that. I have a I think that fourth might do that, but at the same time, they've shown Jonathan Gruff if he is Mr. Smith or whatever, some adjacent to it is like they have fought in the trailers and stuff like that. So I'm very interested what Agent Smith's role could be in the fourth if it is there. And definitely there because that Deja Vu trailer, they did too many, much like a, a certain big man in the last Hawkeye episode, there was too much hinting in the trailers of Agent Smith to maybe just ignore him at all. But maybe not. Maybe they're just using that for nostalgia, right? I think it's pretty easy to to write like his comeback because just the explanation from uh, Matrix Reloaded of just like something happened where now we're connected. Okay, well we know Keanu is back in the next mm-hmm. movie, so it's like, well if he's back, who like why can't Smith be back? Um, I I think it's gonna be you know explained a little bit nicer and cleaner than than that, but mm-hmm. I, I I think it's pretty easy to to bring him back like just writing wise. Um, is on that note is hugo weaving casted nope no so no i i I'm sorry it could be like a hidden hidden casting thing he could be i think honestly the most we would get is his voice i think that's what they could do mm. but i think uh that's <laughs> so funny how in red skull we don't get his voice but in matrix we could get it but like <laughs> i think what and here's my theory and i'll shout out right now because it has to do with a lot of things with naobi and stuff like that I think what happens is, so if Neo's back in the Matrix, right, clearly they're going to disguise stuff. So they could have Agent Smith or an equivalent to him, but they don't want to put him as that. He go weaving that look because right away that would tip Neo off, right? They go, okay, something's wrong. So they want to disguise everything they possibly could. So I think that's why the Matrix stuff, that's kind of change of disguise. I think the actual people, the reason, I think this is why, because some people are like, why isn't Lawrence Fishburne in this? I think it's shown that when you die in this world or Matrix or whatever, when you do get resurrected, you are kind of like what they talked about, starting over. So the reason, like, Neo and Trinity are looking this way is because they died at a certain time. They died at the same time, right? So when they come back, if you're in following my timeline, they would be aging at the same time where Morpheus is younger than them. You know why? It's because he died later on in the franchise, probably after them, where Niobe has not died yet. So that's why she's still older. So I'm not sure if people are tracking that, but that's why you have Yaya playing Morpheus, because he died, you know, 10, 15 years after Trinity and Neo. So now technically in the chain, 
they are older than him now. But if the new Trinity mm-hmm. and Neo were to die, they'd resurrect, and then this Morpheus would be older. So that's why I think when people have kind of like, oh, it's kind of bummer he's not there, I do think it is a legitimate story reason why Yaya is Morpheus now, because, and that's why Naomi in the trailers, she's old. She's very, like, she's fragile, right? So I think the same thing when she dies, she will start over. But the unfortunate thing, though, is this loop for her resurrection, she's not going to be the same age as Morpheus, because Morpheus is already going to be like a 20, 30 year old guy, where when Niobe would die, she'd be starting off as maybe as a child again, right? Mm. But because Neo and Trinity died at the same time, they got the same new starting point. So that, right. that's kind of my theory going on for the the Matrix people and kind of them as well as why certain people are older and certain people are younger. And plus, like you look at, um, I think her name's Sadi, the little girl. That's why she's a certain yep. age because she hasn't died. She's just aging right. at the same time. So it's very a time as sort of relative sort of way, kind of like kind of end game multi level first type of stuff you could say that but that's my theory especially and that's the reason i think i'm maybe not 100 right but 95 percent right is that's why they call it resurrection instead of reboot because if it's reboot you would just think well everything starts over and everybody's the same but it's like to me it's a resurrection so that that's my work in theory right now so i like that I'm, i would i would eat into that <laughs> taylor what do you think i think you're pretty spot on with a few of those things so uh just Just you yeah Yeah, yeah. no i think it makes sense so uh kirk i want to ask you how did you feel because you were not the biggest fan like me with the zion stuff in reloaded but clearly you Mm -hmm. said you like this movie more than reloaded so how did you feel about that because we got our favorite character link we got a lot of lot of war going on lots lots of stuff so obviously taylor loved the you know we won the war guy you know stuff like that but uh where were you on the zion stuff because i guess i honestly don't have much to say like i i didn't really enjoy it so floor is yours I think because he's leaving the podcast too. Yeah, he's he, he hated the Zion stuff. He's done for the night. He never comes back. He's going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, we could just uh, we could just take him out. Yeah, now. there we to go. Make... <laughs> um, no, I I think it might be the politics. You know, more so in the last movie that was just like kind of annoying. Again, the mm-hmm. love triangle was like hinted a lot in Zion. Um, in the last movie, this one it wasn't even touched upon. Maybe that's the reasoning. Um, it also could have just been. I don't know, man. There's something about just like the endless waves of the Sentinels coming down. Very like Terminator type vibes. Um, I'm not even like the biggest fan of like the mech things, but for whatever reason, I just, I just liked it there. And when I was younger, I really liked the, like the scenes of like the, the ammo reload guys. Like they're just like in the bunker and then like the door opens. Okay. You got to go refill number nine or something. And then Mm. they open the door and it's just like absolute chaos. That still held up for me. Honestly, I still really like those moments. Just like, especially, uh, our guy, the, I forget his name, but like the 18 year old that loves Neo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The, the guy that started the, the sex orgy. Mouse (laughs) 2.0. Mouse 2.0. Exactly. Um, so I, I, I think just being in her, his perspective of like, he's the guy behind the guy that goes first. (laughs) And then, so you just see this guy just like storm out into chaos and then, (laughs) and then you're just like waiting your turn. When I was younger, that just like hit me. I was like, man, that's Mm -hmm. a pretty crazy scene. And it it still holds up for me. Also when they're just running out there, I, I, I liked the, like, uh, the, maybe you call it logistics of like or maybe just the process of like them actually reloading the mechs i just i think that's pretty fun to see so all all that stuff is really great and it's just again i i I think the cgi stuff or 
possibly the best looking CGI stuff is actually the Sentinels. I think they look phenomenal. Even in the first movie, they looked great, which is crazy because it's 1999. And mm-hmm. like though that stuff looked really, really good. Um, it might be because it's, it's all CGI. It, it's also like a dark scene robot, a little bit easier to pull off. But I think all that stuff looked great. And then when you had just like the huge waves of them, that stuff looked really good. But the character stuff, like I was lukewarm on it. I didn't really care too much about like Link's uh, girlfriend just becoming like a new uh, warrior. Like I guess it was fun, but I also just don't care about Link the character at all. Um, so yeah, I think it was again nostalgia from just the epicness of what the fight was, and then mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can Taylor even hear us right now? Like if he's not in. Is he in the he room can. there? Yeah, he can hear us. Yeah, he I can hear us when he's I not. Okay, okay. I didn't. Know I wasn't sure. Back. I'm like, man, he's he can't hear us at all. I saw him snacking, and he didn't react himself. So there you go. Yeah, uh, Taylor, do you want to go, or do you need a second? Oh, you're muted, so you, that's definitely not going to help you at all. No, we'll kick him again. <laughs> Almost seven years, podcast professional. You know, does this part time. No idea. Yep. He's muted. Yep. Uh, well, Takes a drink stuff. right when he's about yeah. to talk. Yeah. <laughs> You know, kick him out again. Kick him out. What I think about the mechs? You know, the Zion stuff in general. The war, the like anything stuff? to add. <laughs> Jesus. Again, this was What's like... What's the deal with those mechs? Come on. Are they metal? Yeah. Are they titanium? This was What's peak. I, I loved uh, all this you know, world building of Scion and, again, seeing what little resistance that the humans had. Uh, just It was impressive what they were able to put put together. The, the mech suits, I feel like reminded me heavily of the ones from avatar but there's no way <laughs> i would ever want to have like these mech suits they're definitely powerful and they definitely held their own but like you're they should have put like a little bit of a car or something you're so exposed you're oh a one shot kill you're, you're absolutely go for the chest go for the chest <laughs> especially if like they land the robots land on you and they just like slash you 10 billion times like just put some oh, yeah. glass or something there that's like unbreakable glass and then you're and, and, I, and I think what would have helped me too is I know he's there in the battle, like 100%. But I feel like Morpheus goes missing for a lot of it. And it's almost like he told the crew, like, hey, like, I'm going to fucking bounce. Like, you guys fight. He's I'm a lover, too, not a fighter. Yeah, like, I'm too important to be a part of this. So, like, best of luck. And then when you guys win, he comes out, like, fuck, we did it. Give me a hug, Naomi. Like, I think I would have liked if he was in, if he was directing a lot more of the action or the action scenes, but he just kind of goes away for a little bit. And, you know, that's fine. But I just like, he's just. Not around. I feel like at what the point, franchise. He at what away. point do you mean he goes away? Because I guess he was on the ship for most of that like high speed chase. Yeah, right? I I just feel like he. I almost would have liked him to be one of the on the ground guys, like directed, mm. like where Link is. I feel like that maybe should be him. I get like because it's a ship might be more important. I just feel like he's literally Lando in Star Wars three, where it's just like okay, or uh, Episode six, I guess. Like okay, him and Chewie are just doing that for last act. You know, that's mm. all they are. And yippee, you know. So I. I guess I would maybe, yeah, do that. Swap Link, put Link on the ship, make him be gone for like half an hour. Like, he's in that chunk of the Zion Bad, but it feels like Morpheus is in for like a minute and then he's gone for like five, ten minutes. And then he's in for two minutes and then he's gone for five, ten minutes. Where Link is, Link and the girlfriend's all around, the fucking young guy and the other guy's all around. Neo and Trinity are just rocking through space, like trying to get to their point and stuff. So it's like, for a while, uh, those Zion people are really our leads, which is not not what I was digging. You know, I quite enjoyed uh, Link in this movie. I really oh. did. Uh, I I just I like his character, and I again oh. his partner just how she was like, you know, fighting to for the cause, fighting for other humans, and I like that she was like the rocket launcher kind of girl, just loading up the guns. But 
Uh, <laughs> I loved I, her like buddy that just like she had to do like a one liner before she shot every time. I, there was like a couple. She's like, take that, boom. You know, goes to the next moment when she, when uh, forget her name Z or something like reloads. Cowabunga! You know, I'm paraphrasing, but it's just like she she just like went through the (laughs) like she had to get her one line off. I'd imagine Mm -hmm. just being her partner. It's like okay, we get it. Come on, come on. I thought her partner was gonna drop her when she's holding the belt and she's got the line like (laughs) bird's eye view, and I thought she's gonna let go of her. (laughs) Glad she didn't. That'd have been tragic. Yeah, just a Gwen Stacy moment, pretty much. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, where you guys want to go next? Um, I think I had one. No, I thought I had something <laughs> on the on the Zion scene. I oh, I actually, won. I found it so funny when uh, the captain or whatever, <laughs> like he just took all those robots to the face. God, that must have fucking hurt. And like, oh, yeah. like Taylor, Taylor's, you know, he mentioned just uh, like the dialogue between the young buck and the captain here. And it's like, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> this guy's like got the worst <laughs> fucking face wound I've ever seen you in my life. Fucking do it. Look what I did. <laughs> In my mind, I'm just like, man, he like he's probably just say like, oh, this hurts so much right now. Like and that Jesus. one slice down. Oh Holy yeah. Holy fuck! I swear I could see his brain. It was bad. And then yeah, yeah. as Taylor mentioned, he's like, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I didn't finish the training, and he's like, neither did I. It's like, what is this weird bonding moment? <laughs> yeah, it shows how fucked Zion was without Neo. You know, like you had a bunch of people that didn't finish any training whatsoever. You know. Sounds like the place I work. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it, there's some good stuff there. <laughs> good co- comedic stuff, I guess, for me. But uh, yeah, we're, Kirk, going to tell you any other topic going to go on? Because like yeah. I said, I don't have much, but I'm excited to hear you guys. Um, a scene that I really, really, really loved was when we have Seraph, um, Morpheus, and Trinity going down the elevator. And then, mm. you know, he does the quick, it's like, best case scenario, there's one guy that'll check our guns. Worst case scenario, there'll <laughs> be more. And they open it up, and there's just so many guys. Such a great action scene. I'm not gonna say it's it's as good uh, as the the lobby scene, but it's it's very comparable to that, right? Like they open the door and the lady's like, "Can I take your bag? Can I take your gun?" And yeah. then it's just like hectic and, yeah. goes on. And I I thought all the fighting there, really really creative shots actually, uh, because there'd be like people. I don't know the logistics of this, but they would just have like magnets that go to the roof. But then it would like go across the room, and then you're seen from their perspective, which is right side up, and then like from their like from their perspective uh trinity's upside down and then it would go to trinity and then like her perspective the other person's upside down just really really fun back and forth there and <clears throat> the action sequences were just phenomenal in that the music was fun and i the, it was an action scene that really stood out to me mm-hmm. yeah no i liked i liked the when the elevator does come down and that woman like she okay to you and just the way she trails <laughs> off she's like man <laughs> shit's about to go down you know uh i agree that was super, super awesome, that whole sequence there. Again, I, I liked – they didn't need to add the Frenchman. Like I said earlier, that whole sequence didn't need to be in this movie. But, again, I like the fight scene. I like that we got the kind of – the adventures with Seraph. Uh, just He's, he's cool definitely – yeah, he's so cool. He's just super, super cool. Uh, yeah. Really cool moment, too, when um – I, I forget what specifically is happening, but like they're on a ship and then like the phone's ringing and then Link's like operator and then it just happens to be like Seraph. Like what a mm-hmm. crazy moment that like literally like an AI is just like calling the real world there. Oracle needs to talk. That was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it's funny too because after the, the, 
the gun room scene they like go into the club and in my mind again i'm like this is just like another fucking orgy party <laughs> it's just like disco music's going on people are getting all all maybe it's not disco music more rave music but they're just they're going off so that was that was quite funny um something i, I forgot to shout out in basically all the movies up to this point i love the ship designs like for 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 their ships that they have with like the plates that like like just keep them hovered i remember just really really liking that design when i was younger too and i I forgot to shout it out earlier this one it showcased a lot more because we see niobe being just a great pilot nobody can fly through there except one you know like it's just like a like a, a type thing but it's it's still fun when we see it especially you know, this is an early two thousands movie. I think it fits having like a line like that. If I'm mm-hmm. if I'm watching Endgame and they drop that line, I think I would have been a little eye rolly. But it fits the times, and uh, just the ships are just really really cool because they're not like a they're not like a class like an X wing or something, right? Where it's agile and like really smooth. Like it's really bulky, but that's kind of what you need because it's like your central hub for just hooking these people into the matrix. It's like a huge cargo freighter sort of, but it it still has a really unique design from other space ships that i've seen and i I think like the hover panels are really (laughs) they're really the unique thing in it um Mm. i like naomi's moment that she gets when neo's like i need a ship and pretty much they're just like okay so he's gonna be luke skywalker he's gonna do his own thing in morpheus and uh you know we're gonna be like console and lay on the ground and stuff so pretty much like big war going on he's going to see the emperor very star wars you know return the jedi vibes but i like when he's like it's my ship and i'm gonna do whatever like i need this blah blah blah. and i always like well you can take my he's like you can't give away your ship and then she's like well everything you said before would be complete like bullshit like you can't say anything so that was a nice little moment there and And then she just takes his ship she like fly (laughs) she's like i'm the captain now look at me yeah yeah yeah. and i like that moment at the end where she thanks uh neo because she's not like the biggest believer but you know as she said below she believes in him I'm not the prophecy, you know. And so. I love it. Like we didn't see it happen, but she actually met the Oracle. And like we don't know what the conversation was, but again, yeah. we get that that line that came back of I think it's Morpheus. Morpheus asked her like, "What did the Oracle tell you?" And she's like, "Exactly what I needed to hear." And again, that's what Morpheus uh, said earlier on. I think it was mm-hmm. the first movie when he drops that line to Neo. So again, it's just a nice little full circle thing. And yeah, because Niobe, I, I said that I liked her in the last movie. You don't really get much from her character other than no, just being a part of this cool. terrible live tri- triangle. But yeah, she's cool. Like her in the Matrix outfit is just really cool. We shouted out her hair and her glasses. She's just a really cool character. But in this one, you do get some some good character stuff with her. And yeah, I, I, I like that she's she fits that, that role of being someone that's not a hardcore believer like Morpheus. But she's still, she's not just like dismissing it. She's not like Jason where she's just fear-mongering. Like our only hope is to just get everyone with a gun in their hands and just popping off so yeah. uh yeah yeah what about you today anything to shout out here for uh matrix three uh i'm i mean i'm with you kirkland i love the ship designs uh i love that she was i knew you would uh, be with me you love oh, your ships yeah, <laughs> i do i love my ships that whole sequence of uh her piloting that ship through those tunnels and everything was just so good when they were slowly coasting along and then they hit that debris and the robots, like just the machines turned and like clued in and just like the swarm of them. They, they remind me of something almost like gears of war or something like that. And they're just, they're such a freaky looking like entity, but uh, I I think the, I mentioned earlier, the CGI 
like you guys mentioned, it just really worked well in this movie. They definitely, even though they were filmed back to back, it feels like they got a big budget boost. So, <laughs> or it feels like they put all the good budget, like the majority of it, into the third one, and then like, okay, yeah. hey, whatever we got left over, we'll use for that pole fight that Neo's going to do with Mister Smith. You know, so I do it would be interesting because yeah, it does not to me feel like it's filmed at the same time, nor is it six months later. It feels like okay, this is like a year or two later, so they can yeah. even some little advancements has been done because even the stuff on Zion, I think most of it doesn't look bad. I think it looks good where like in Matrix 2 there were some questionable shots kind of all around when we got CGI mm -hmm. right so it is funny but yeah maybe it was like ah, let's let, let's hold off for the third one the finale because just even Machine City like fuck like how much of the budget did that eat up you know like what a terrible name too for like oh, Machine 100%. City like you know oh, like City. we got Cybertron these like badass sounding names <laughs> it's just oof Machine there, City. <laughs> it sounds like guys, Radio Shack or something. <laughs> what do you guys think about the fact that there was sunlight still on the surface? Yeah, I realized, I thought about that when even Morpheus and her were hugging at the end. It looked like there was like a dawn coming and I don't know. That's all still very convoluted. I'm sure there's probably some online theories I could read or something like that, but I don't really know. Even then, like, I get it, but like even the idea of just blowing the sky up, I still like... I don't understand, like, how do we get to that point, you know? But uh, to me, I guess it was just almost showing, like, yeah, it's a new dawn, and, you know, things are looking Symbolism. up. We got the sun back. Yeah, exactly. Now let's see what happens in fucking Resurrections where that sun will be completely gone. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I think initially I was just like, oh, wow, we got the sun here. I, I, I was expecting Trinity to be like, look at Neo. It's beautiful. He's just, like, got his fucking blind eyes. Oh, Trinity. Oh. <laughs> must look nice <laughs> but uh i mean you know logistically it makes sense the sun would still be there it's just this like everlasting radiation storm i guess that just gives you this this cloud of darkness mm -hmm. and then yeah it was it was okay i guess uh one thing i forgot to shout out again back to that train scene moment i love how like neo's genius plan is like i'll, I'll take your bag and he just won't even really notice me and then he goes through and this guy just completely hum like humbles him sits him on his ass and then the train like the train just goes away neo just has that guy's bag still like well like, <laughs> like I, I get it he's an ai and everything but like fuck what if his like what if his his heirloom is in that, you know, from his family. Again, he's a program. Don't know if they have those, but still, I just found it hilarious. It's something I never really noticed before, but no, that guy did not get his his baggage back. No, no. <laughs> he still, he gets home. Fuck, I think Neo still has it. <laughs> yeah, where's the bag? Yeah, where's the bag? Yeah. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Do, do. No, Taylor's shaking his head. Kirkland's thinking deep in thought. Let me um, reassess. Nope. Then he'll reassess. So I'll go because I'm sure it's probably like the lowest score. I I, I think I'm going to give it a 4.9 because I have – because I at one point near – because the end tricks me. It's almost like Taylor Rogue One where it's not a good movie, <laughs> but then Darth Vader pops up like, I'm going to pass this. And I kind of was going like, oh, it is still cinematic. It's still so big. But I still feel like the bare bones that were good or had like that great film – kind of prowess and reloaded it wasn't exactly here but there's still enough like i said there's some stuff with bane i liked I, that like i said the technically really i could pass this movie just on the neo and anderson fight scene at the end because that's just so damn good but i still gotta look at a whole like, okay 
my enjoyment of it just was not enough to pass. That's why I'm putting it literally like right below the pass. Like they could have done just a few other things and could have got me to that point where I could have given at least a thumbs up of like, yeah, it's watchable like they did with Reloaded. But no, it's one of these where I just, this this deters me from wanting to watch all three together because I don't even like Reloaded that much. So then when I get to, you know, this one, it's like, oh, I really waste my time. So I'll be interested. The same thing I'm doing with Dexter right now of like when this season's over, I can't wait to rewatch Dexter one to four and jump to season new blood and see if that'll work. I'll be very excited to see if I can do that with this. If I could watch the matrix and just jump to matrix resurrections. I don't think you can. Cause I think the Wachowskis and also both of them are back, but I think they just love fucking lore, which is a good thing, but they love like, you know, callbacks and things that have set up. So I don't think, I don't think they're going to be because some people are worried like, oh, they'll retcon or ignore their films. No, those are their films. They're not doing that. You know, I think they'll go very much like Avengers Endgame where it's like, yeah, we know everyone doesn't really like Thor Darkhold, but guess what? It's a major plot point. Deal with it and like it. And you know what? Hopefully they do that very well. So uh, a 4.9 for me, uh, uh, not a pass. Can't do it. <laughs> that last thing you said before you gave your score, I think that's really like important is that when you have, like, let's say we had The Matrix and it was coming back, but it wasn't the Wachowskis. Um, yeah. Is it just the one a part of it? It's or just the both? one now, yeah. Yeah. Um, is that, like, it, it's, it's you know, just the one now, but still, that was their IP. <laughs> like, they are the ones that started That's this. That's what she said so, to her sister. I'm the <laughs> <yeah>. one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's great because no matter what happens, it's still coming from their mind. Like, this is their baby that they made. So whether you like it or not, you can't say, like, Oh, uh, Joss Whedon came in and ruined <laughs> ruined this version, yeah. or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just go because I'm I'm going oh, unless Taylor. Oh no! You all I was gonna stuff. say I was trying to find like I'm pretty confident that um, oh what is so yeah like Lana's directing it. I f- maybe I'm wrong. I felt like. Oh, uh, I I don't know if Lily has like a story credit as far as like maybe Lana Winter like hey read this maybe one of the writers Disney. or something yeah she's not one of the screenplay writers but I wonder when okay. we get to the movie if it'll be a story by because story by a lot of times is literally just hey people sat in a room and pitched it and like that is kind of that is a credit because you came up with some of the story right and there was yeah. there's legitimately they've done interviews there's no ill will nothing like that um, it was just that Lily said like she had made a bunch of movies and she's like I don't want to do anything and especially she's like knowing the matrix that's going to eat up like a bunch of my life and she just didn't want she didn't want to take that venture and that's that's i i respect that too because i'm sure there was probably a nice healthy paycheck waiting for her and she easily could have taken it and be like ah, i'm not really into making movies right now but fuck it, i'm gonna do it so i respect that she stepped away and was like you know what i've done too much lately i just want to break even if it's matrix 4 i want to break you know it's it's better yeah that i that's better situation than she just like wakes up one day new trailer for matrix wait what <laughs> What the hell is yeah. this? Has no yeah. idea that it's coming out. Like the fucking supernatural guy. Like I don't follow that, but I'm not sure if you ever saw it. Where the supernatural guys, like they had the show, they split up, and then one day they announced like it was Jesse Ackles and someone else, and they're like, oh, they're producing a spinoff and they're gonna be in it and narrate it. And then the one guy publicly on Twitter was like, oh, like that's cool and all, but I wish they would have given me the heads up like this is a oh. thing. And like the other guy was like, oh, sorry, brother. Like you know how things sorry, happen. Sorry, brother. Like, well, what it, it was a really I hate like I'm not even in this supernatural <laughs> and I like Jesse Ackles. But like his response was super like douchey and like not gaslighting, but close enough of just like he ended with like, "Man, I miss you. We got to talk more." It's like that's not the fucking issue right now. The issue is like you guys like created the show want my together. Father's love. <laughs> yeah, you took my <laughs> yeah. you took my supernatural love, but like yeah, so it's great that it wasn't a falling out. It's just that she just didn't want to be a part of it to the extent of 
again, we don't know what Resurrection is going to bring, but anytime I feel like you're directing a Matrix movie, whether it would have been the Wachowskis or not, I feel like you're taking on a lot of work. You know, it's just one of those franchise movies. Same thing as superhero stars movies. You know, like, you love it, but there's certain things like, look at someone like Oscar Isaac. Anytime they talk to him about Star Wars, he's like, absolutely fucking not. Look at Daniel Craig after, uh, what was it, Spectre, when he was like, oh, I'd rather, like, you know, cut myself than play Bond again. Those productions take a lot of you because it's a lot of your life. It's a lot of time probably away from family and friends and you're just like, here you go, you're dedicated. So there's a grind. So I respect, like you said, it. I, I would have liked that they're both there but I, I like that she's not there in the sense of if she felt she wasn't going to, you know, give 110% because she didn't want to, she wanted to rake. I respect stepping away and, like, literally saying yeah. no to the money because I guarantee you, again, probably would be a nice payout, you know? Absolutely. I feel like the the action sequences, you could say, is an easy movie to make, but, like, the the deeper stuff of what, ma- what makes The Matrix great, that's not easy. That's not well, easy to tackle. And even The Matrix, remember when we talked about the lobby when it took, like, how many days and weeks to shoot, like, just this lobby scene? Yeah, really, like, that's true. When we talked about the beginning of the telephone Matrix, it's like, oh, yeah, it took two weeks to film this chase with Trinity. So it's like, that's the thing, like, action could be easy, but with them and how they do action, it's not easy because they have these grand set pieces, right? Like, even I'm sure that the CGI battles in the Matrix versus all the Mr. Smiths and Reloaded, you had to plan that out. Story boards, you had to be on set, like, okay, you're going to run in this way, we're going to shoot it this way so we don't see your face. Like, again, those are just massive undertakings. So, and that's why I do appreciate that even though I don't love all the story aspect, they, they make sure they go in there and they're going to, they're going to put on a, they're going to make it look like a movie, a real theatrical experience. And that's what excites me about Resurrections, that even if it's a dog shit movie, the Wachowskis always make something like eye catching of like, wow, okay, this is, this, this is fantastic. So. Absolutely. Alrighty, yeah, I guess we're we're rating this guy. Um, I think I gave the last one like a six point two or something, and I think I feel pretty good giving this one a six point six. <laughs> you know, slightly. <laughs> well, slightly. I thought you were gonna be higher. Wow. No, I I was debating going six point nine. You know, get sixty nine in there, but I think that I think I think I'd be regretting it giving it that close to a seven, just because <laughs> because I gave I mean the first one a ten out of ten. And from what the things that I liked in this movie, it's it's still on such a lower level than what that first movie is. Mm. So I I think in retro, I would have been kicking myself if I gave it a seven because, you know, I, I'm not the most consistent with like my number scoring here. But I still think seven is like, a OK, this is a I, I would rewatch this. Like, yeah, like I've always said that. Yeah, I've always said it, whether it's a guilty pleasure of lots of problems. Seven is a movie that you will probably watch multiple times because like to me, it's like. The eight is like, oh, that's a really good movie with like a few mm-hmm. nitpicks. Where seven is like, oh, yeah. you know, like there's quite a few problems in here, but I just love watching it. Like Brendan Fraser's Bedazzle, right? Like, <laughs> is it like technically a good movie? No, but I want to give it a seven because like I could put that on tonight and have a great time with it. You know, that's to be a seven. Like you're gonna have a fun time watching it again. Yeah, and I don't think I really have to rewatch these movies. You know, like, but. I'm not going to fail them because I still had some enjoyment mm-hmm. out of them. And I did like this one more than the last one. So got to got to give it a higher rating. So, yeah, I think 6.6. It's it's an OK score for what mm-hmm. this is. I'm very curious talking about inconsistent ratings because you got the man <laughs> up next. So the first one was a nine. Second one was a ten. I feel like I know where this should go. You but know. It's going to be a 9.5, right? Is that it's a 9.5, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. In, in descending the order, I would definitely watch... Uh, uh, second one, the third one, and then the first one. I what just, a machete. I, or you should order. watch it yeah. that way one time. Tell us what that's like. <laughs> if but. you guys join me for it. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> Matrix 5. Matrix I'm 5 busy we'll that talk day. about. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> no, I just, I really enjoyed this movie. Again, it, it had all the right elements that I really, really enjoyed in that second film. And then it expanded on that and just gave me a whole bunch more stuff that I wasn't expecting. I'm really happy that I forgot about these movies because watching them feeling like it was fresh watching them now to go into this fourth one just really has me excited and yeah <laughs> well yeah that mech scene you probably weren't expecting that and then that's what got that oh reaction let's fuck <laughs> madison where are you <laughs> just run into the streets morpheus gives the go ahead <laughs> That, that's what I would Not even to. Mouse 2.0 in this Yeah. One. That's what I love. Like, going back to our Matrix uh, Reloaded joke of, like, those people are all in Zion and they're literally not allowed to fuck until Morpheus gives the go-ahead. Like, that's why they're <laughs> that's why they're just animals because they've waited six months. Like, Morpheus is still not saying anything. Like, he just won't go. And then just that day, let us fuck. And, yeah, just, Just you that pent-up uh, sexual energy. Jeez, yeah. Dangerous. And then what does he do? He just goes to the patio alone, you know? So, <laughs> well... Again, I forgot to shut this up at the beginning, but a big thank you to the listeners and the patrons because, as we've said before, when we take on these extra casts, these are you guys literally paying for this content, paying for us to do the time to watch these movies, to do these casts. And I'm glad we did because there was a timeline, which was like almost two weeks ago, where we almost didn't do this because it's just like, there's, as you've heard us before, it's not complaining, but it's just like, with we have Christmas coming up, so that's like lots of us is that's busy jobs, family, and then like we've said before, apparently everyone just decided, you know what? In the last two weeks, we're gonna release our biggest content: Witcher, Hawkeye, Spider Man, like fucking Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are likely back. It's like, oh, we're gonna put this massive movie out. So there was a point where like, ah, like I don't know if we have the time to do this, but I'm glad we did it, and a big thank you to all of you to make that possible and uh, kind of make it worth the while to take on the extra work. Because as we said before, we plan out the podcast already be a part time job so we do it all like when we recorded this week this is like in the previous week for you guys but we literally did a podcast every night some nights we did too so uh yeah we are trying to work hard for you but we do that because you guys support us i'm happy we did this i'm very excited for matrix resurrections i think that it's going to be especially with these movies there's lots that i suggest but we have seen them before so it's almost like we have pre you know existing thoughts that we've always wanted to talk about get on there doing resurrections like for the first time like us just all seeing that for the first time and not having multiple viewings which would hurt it but still like doing picking things apart i think it's going to be like i said whether this is a fantastic back to four movie or it's another like the worst matrix ever i think we're going to have like a really good time on this review of just like dissecting all this you know so Absolutely. i'm very excited so yeah me too well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the Matrix retrospective because we're never doing this again. There's only three of them, so we're down. And I don't know if there'll be a fifth one because who knows how this fourth one's going to do. But uh, we thank you very much for tuning in. And we promise when you hear from us next for Matrix Resurrections, it'll not be boring. Bye-bye. See you later.